welcome to Audio Divina with Father Frank Maloney, brought to you by The Right Dirt Project. TheRightDirt.com.au is a web project endeavouring to open up spirituality. This form of sacred listening we are calling Audio Divina. So when inspired, stop the audio and take notice. Listen. Try to think of your imaginings as to be guided by the Spirit of God. We encourage you to a short meditation practice that is on the Right Dirt Audio Divina page. This week is the second Sunday of Lent. Last week was in the context of the desert. This week we are invited to the mountain, a place where we are close to God. Find your own mountain, symbolically or maybe even a real mountain, where you can at least place yourself close to God. The process is designed through listening to the words of the Gospel and to some reflections from Father Frank Maloney. Quieten your mind. Invite the Spirit to guide your listening. The Gospel will now be presented by the students from Calaster College, which will be followed by Father Frank's reflection. Don't be afraid to pause the audio at any point. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a mountain where he could be alone by themselves. There, in their presence, he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthy bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. So let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened, and a cloud came over, covering them in shadow. And there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. Today we find ourselves hearing the famous text from all the Gospels, but in Mark's version of that text, of the transfiguration of Jesus. It's most interesting that the church has this reading early in Lent. But it is really significant because as we begin our journey on the way to Easter, we can sometimes raise the question that the disciples have been raising just before this passage in the Gospel of Mark about Jesus' destiny. Who is he? And Jesus has told them not to be too enthusiastic about him being the Messiah because he must go to Jerusalem and there suffer many things. And he's told them that if they wish to follow him, they must take up their cross and follow him. And so like many of us, I suppose, who wonder what's the point of all this self-sacrifice and nowadays, particularly in our contemporary world, a lot of misunderstanding about who we are and what we stand for. Why bother? Why bother? So it's very valuable that as we begin our Lenten journey, we are told, why bother? Why we bother? The account begins with Jesus taking with him Peter, James, and John. These are three special disciples. 
These three disciples were singled out when Jesus called the first twelve. They are an inner circle who are privileged to the special moments of intimacy between Jesus and God. And he led them up a high mountain on their own by themselves. So there's a loneliness with these four people on a mountain. And another important biblical theme emerges, mountains. Throughout the Bible, famously, of course, on Mount Sinai, and that's where the tradition of mountains begins, the mountain is the place where humankind is closest to God. In the way the ancients saw the world, and I suppose in a way many of us still see the world somewhat unfortunately, heaven is above, earth is below, and this means that if you can climb on a mountain, you get closer to God. And in fact, I think many people who climb mountains and have the exhilarating experience of getting to these high mountains, particularly great successful climbs of Everest and places like that, often say that they feel close to God. So this is going to be a special encounter. So we're warned about that from the very beginning. And in their presence, in the presence of Peter, James and John, he is transfigured as the word we use. There's some change about him that is amazing. And the change is an indication of divinity. His clothes became brilliantly white, whiter than any earthy bleacher could make them. The color white is again a biblical color associating the person or the figure in white with the divinity. Not necessarily a divine person, but certainly associated with the divinity. Then two people come and associate themselves with Jesus. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking to Jesus. Of course, Elijah and Moses existed many centuries before Jesus. Elijah was the one who began the prophetic tradition in Israel. And Moses, as we all know, was the one who much later, after the period in Egypt, frees Israel and receives the law from God and establishes a new people of God. So we often have an association made between Elijah as the prophet and Moses as the lawgiver. But they were both really prophets, and we are told that often Moses is a prophet. But another important thing about Elijah and Moses is that they were both thought to have ascended into heaven. They've both had this ascension into heaven, and as ascended divine figures, they come back and they are talking with Jesus. So this is a moment of revelation of the divinity in the person of Jesus, in the color of the clothes and in the company of Jesus associated with Elijah and Moses who have been carried to heaven. So that's the scene. Then we get the response to the scene. Peter spoke to Jesus. Even in the Gospel of Mark, Peter has already been singled out as the first among the disciples. And so he speaks in their name. And even the very term that he uses to speak to Jesus shows that he really hasn't got it. Rabbi, he said. A rabbi is a Jewish teacher. What they see in front of them is not just a Jewish teacher. But at least he recognizes that it is wonderful for us to be here. But then he makes another mistake. 
So let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now how he knew one was Moses and one was Elijah could be a question that we could ask. But that's not Mark's purpose. Mark wants us to see Peter recognising this transfigured Jesus in the company of these two heavenly figures, and he wants to hold them in one place. He wants to build a shelter for them. He wants to put them in a little shed so that they can each one remain there on the mountain and that they can hold this moment of encounter with the glory of the divine forever. This, of course, cannot be. This is not what Jesus came to do. And Mark makes a little comment that tells us that Peter has got it wrong. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And across the Gospel of Mark, fear is one of the great failures of disciples. When they eventually run away from Jesus in the garden, it will say that they were afraid. And when the women run away from the tomb at the end of the Gospel, it says they were afraid. And Peter is afraid. Then through a cloud coming on them in a shadow, another great biblical image, the presence of the cloud coming down from heaven, there came a voice. Now this is the voice of God. Any Jewish reader recognises that the appearance of a cloud and a voice coming from the cloud is the voice of God. And the voice says, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Now, you remember I said at the beginning of this reflection that immediately prior to this passage, the disciples are wondering who Jesus is and he's told them that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and if they want to follow him, they must take up their cross and follow him. That is why they must listen to him. And this is the person they must listen to. God's son, the beloved. What Jesus asks of his disciples might be radical. It might cost no less than everything. But this is God and the voice of God asking that we listen to him. Because through obedience to this voice, we too will come to life. And that is the point of the closing verses in the passage. Suddenly they look around and they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And when you read that in the original language, it makes it quite clear it's good old Jesus. No more white clothing, no more presence of Moses, no more presence of Elijah, just Jesus. Just the Jesus they know. So Peter's hope that they might set up three tabernacles and sit there forever will not be realised. But as the text says, they were coming down from the mountain. And this is what must happen. They must come down from the mountain where they have had the authoritative voice of God tell them that they must listen to Jesus calling them to cross and resurrection because he is God's beloved son. And Jesus says, don't tell anyone about what they've seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. 
Jesus is not only calling them to follow someone who is going to a cross. He's calling them to follow someone who will be raised from the dead. At this stage of the gospel, they do what he tells them. But among themselves, they're not sure what rising from the dead could mean. And indeed, it is a very foreign notion in Jewish thinking that someone should rise from the dead. As, of course, it is in general terms for our world today. People do not rise from the dead. But we as believers understand that rising from the dead means the journey through self-gift in love and sacrifice into death. We rise from the dead into the life that exists with God. And so here we find in early in our Lenten journey through these Sunday reflections a clear indication of why we should take on the way of Jesus Christ. Because the way of Jesus Christ comes to us from God's beloved Son. And it is to each one of us that God gives the command, listen to him. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a mountain where he could be alone by themselves. There, in their presence, he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthy bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. So let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And a cloud came over, covering them in shadow. And there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. It is now time to sit with what you have just listened to. Invite the Spirit to guide your thoughts. Take notice of the things that really struck you. There are some questions on our page that might help. Don't be afraid to let these reflections sit with you over the week to come. Till next week.